I work in a school as well, and uh, the year group I was linked to, they had some really good footballers, and I was running the school team. So I was like, um, to the boys, boys, um, if, if a lot of you are not playing for, for, for a Sunday team, I want to start a Sunday team. So like, We've given, there's loads of opportunities there. We haven't, the club haven't done that because of what's going on. We've just yeah, no, employed no. because you think you're the best for the job. What's yeah. your opinion on that? Do you feel there isn't enough opportunities for black coaches and managers? Hi, my name's Will Broby and you're listening to Hashtag Just Talk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Hashtag Just Talk. I may sound very, very cheerful today, but... The sad news is it's episode eight. So this is coming towards the end of series two now. I will be doing a little mini recap probably in two weeks' time. Just talk about the season two and when season three and when you guys can expect it. First of all, as always, big shout-outs, Comic Relief and Groundwork for making this podcast possible, bringing us all together to talk about grassroots football. Me, personally, I'd like to thank them a lot. One, because I've met some amazing people. And two, I am really, really enjoying making this pod. But today, we're bringing it home, as we did with Anise. Yes, Anise, that's with a Z. We've got the, uh, the CSM, defensive midfielder for the Sunday team. But the more important, he's the heartbeat of CSM because he's the manager of the Saturday team. And whether we like it or not, he is the most important manager of the club. Welcome. <laughs> I've already asked him about his second name, so if I still get it wrong, it's on me. Welcome, Will Brobby. Hi, how are you, man? I'm good, Will. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just relaxing, man. Just uh, watching the England game, actually. Um, ah, brilliant. I still can't uh, bring myself to watch them. <laughs> yeah, but no, but you got my, you got my full concentration. Oh, brilliant. I can imagine it's boring as always. Yeah, it's not, it's not great to be honest. But yeah, just for the listeners that do come into uh, listen to hashtag just talk, but not really too sure who you are. So you manage our Saturday team, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I managed so how, the CSM Saturday team. How is the uh, how's the season going so far? Not not good. Um, we had a we had a really good preseason. Uh, we had about ten games. We had two tournaments and and a couple of, of friendlies. Um, one against Clapton CFC, which was which was a good friendly. That was the only one we drew, and uh, we won the other nine. So we we went into the went into the season with with a lot of confidence. But as soon as the season started. Well, even before the season started, a couple of weeks before, we lost quite a few players. Some players went abroad, um, some went to uni, uh, a few got injured. So we went into the first game of the season against DTFC, who, who before the season started, were probably the favourites. Um, and um, we lost 1-0, um, and we thought that we could have probably nicked a draw. Uh, they were a strong team. And, um, and then we played Jeloff, second game, lost 3-0. Um, and then, uh, and then we played uh, Chingford, uh, Chigwell. Sorry, Chigwell boys, and we won. We won two one, uh, and then we lost the next two. Uh, we played. We played Tower United and lost. I believe it was four three, um, and then we played Blue Marlin, lost three one. Uh, and um, and then we played on the weekend against um, uh, who did we play? I can't remember the name. 
Oh, I did, but I, from what I realised <laughs> on the weekend, I was there, and yeah. the guy next to me, all we talk about was the furlough none. So I can imagine if we do us to get promoted, that is the league we do go into. But, yeah, 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 it was KL London, yeah, and we drew one one. So yeah, we've won one one, lost one, one one, drew one, lost four. So yeah, it hasn't been a great start, um, but we're, we're getting some new players in. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, of course. It's still early days, you know, coming out of COVID times. I can imagine that disrupted your plans massively. Yeah, yeah it did. It did. Um, I mean, we, we've kind of been rebuilding for, for a couple of seasons anyway, because as you know, when I when I first took over, we had we had like boys that I played with in the team and then a lot of them have, have finished playing now. So it's been a bit of a rebuilding phase for us. And now we've got, now it's step seven as well. We, we really need to try and keep rebuilding and get more more quality players in and, and see how we can do. Well, Will, I never forget, I come to your first ever training session as just part mm. of just to, to see what was going on, to see how you'd get on. This was nearly four years ago now. Yeah, yeah. What, what brought you to CSM and what made you stay for so long? So, um, uh, I was... Um, I, I, I coach anyway, so I was, I was coaching at London Apsa uh, years ago. And that's where I met Anise, and um, uh, I was coaching under Zach. And um, so Anise obviously knew I, I was a coach from then. And then I'd, I'd been coaching like grassroots teams, and I was doing the, the district team, and I'd done a bit of scouting and stuff. And then Anise called me one day and, and, and asked me if I, if I was interested in managing a men's team. And I weren't too sure at the time because I was like, I've I, like, kind of like coached the, the school teams as well, and I was doing my district team. and you know, I was happy and um, I thought about it and I thought, okay, so, so a lot of the boys that I were coaching uh, for my grassroots teams were about, I think, 18, 19. So I thought I could probably get a team together. So I thought, okay, let me give it a try and see how it goes. And, um, and yeah, so that's how, it, that's how it came about. How do you find having a needs as a boss? Because when I was assistant manager under Ricky, he never really rung me after games, but it, it, I'll say this because he'll listen. It did annoy me because obviously he's oh, my good. friend. <laughs> I never really see him as the chairman. Okay. So okay. how do you find it? Because obviously you've worked with him at London Absar and now he's come in yeah. and he's... I know you won't see him as your boss, but at the end of the day, he realistically is. How do you adapt to that? I, You know what? I, I like it. I like having someone that you kind of have to kind of answer to. Like when you're coaching your own grassroots team, it's just you and you don't really have to answer to anyone. But I like the fact that I have to kind of answer to someone. It feels like I'm under pressure, and I like that because I'm constantly trying to do better and uh, and and make the team better. So, you know, it's like even though even if we're not doing well, I still feel like okay. The fact that I've got to answer to someone, I need I need to be able to know what's going wrong so I can try and improve it. Whereas if you if you don't have that, then it's just like okay, and just go on to the next game, you know. Brilliant. So uh, you said you uh, met Anise at London Apsar. Yeah. So we've already covered why you came to CSM, what you, obviously why you enjoy working with Anise, but let's go back a little bit further. Where did it all start from you as maybe even as a player or even a manager? Um, player, I've always played since, since really young. So I played for Royal Falcons when I was when I was no, kid. you didn't play for Royal Falcons. Yeah, yeah, I actually did. Uh, that was I used to play team. for them based over Beckton, I even I played yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has. Um, so yeah, that's that's where that's where my playing started. But um, when I went to college, I went to college to do the to do the sport course, and um, that's where I met like Rod and Matty. If you remember them from from when I first came into CSM, 
And um, a part of the sport course, you had to do your um, you had to do your coaching. So that's why I done my level one. And um, the the one of the one of the coaches at our college, Andy Russell, he um, he runs Winchmore Hill. So there was always opportunities for us to do coaching there. But um, uh, I work in a school as well, and uh, the year group I was linked to, they had some really good footballers, and I was running the, the school team. So I was like um, to the boys, boys, um, if if a lot of you are not playing for 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 a Sunday team, I want to start a Sunday team. And then I started a Sunday team called Flanders. Uh, well, I, I went under front Flanders umbrella, and then um, and yeah, we was it was really good. It was really good, and that's why I really got the the love for for coaching and managing. Um, and I actually kind of sacrificed a lot of years of playing to um, to to do the coaching and managing. Um, because I was like literally doing Saturdays with the district and then Sundays with the with the grassroots team, so I didn't really have time to play. So I stopped playing for quite a few years, in in like years which probably would have been like my prime. Like I was like coaching and managing at like twenty five. You know, even though it's only grassroots, it still takes up a lot of a lot of your time. Um, so I yeah, it's crazy I'm, you say that because the way mm. I came into it, you've done it just because you was there and there was an opportunity available. Yeah. I wanted to become a manager and a coach because I found a game in my brother's bedroom called UEFA Manager, which we oh, found okay. in the garage today, which oh. was a bit mental. Yeah, From yeah. that moment on, I must have been about nine years old and I just oh, I wow. wanted to give up I wanted to give up playing there and then. Oh. Sorry, I know this pod ain't about me, but it's when you said about missing out on your prime, I literally didn't play when I was eighteen to run a offside. Okay. okay. But okay. yeah, we'll save that for another pod and that story another time. But I think it's just mental how Everyone always has a different kind of story when there's an opportunity here, an opportunity there. It's, I think that's what I love about grassroots football. It just opens up for everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's that. I don't know. It's it's, it's quite rewarding, isn't it? When you when you feel like you're giving back and like a lot of these. I mean, these boys probably would have probably would have found a team elsewhere, but it was nice to have a team which was like based around the boys that I'd, I'd seen every day. I was linked to the year group. You know, a lot of them played for me for like school team. Sunday team and district team, you know, and, and some of them play for CSM now, you know, so it's like kind of built like friendships for, for, for life kind of, you know, with these, with these young boys. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange because I, I never played any like management games or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I really got, got into it to kind of give back to these boys and then it just went on from there really. Well, brilliant. I'll come from a selfish point of view. You've just come from a <laughs> wanting to give back. Yeah. It's brilliant. Well, Will, as you say, you are a manager for Saturday team. I've got quite a touchy question. Mm. I think it's, I wanted to do a podcast with you back when me and Mark were messing around with stuff like that, because at the time, a very hot topic was about black managers not getting enough chances mm. and opportunities in football. Yeah. Of course, we have your, yourself, we have King, and yeah. we have Grant. Yeah. So, you know, there's we've give there's loads of opportunities there. We haven't the club haven't done that because of what's going on. We've just yeah, no, employed yeah. because you think you're the best for the job. What's yeah. your opinion on that? Do you feel there isn't enough opportunities for black coaches and managers? It it would appear so because um when you look at it there's not a lot, especially at the higher levels. I know Patrick Vieira's got the, the job at Crystal Palace now and um there's a few there's a few others that have been have been trying to get to get to the higher levels. Cherry and Reese had a had a few jobs and and I think Ashley Cole's working his way up now as well. But um, yeah, it would appear so that it, there's there's not there's not a lot of opportunities for black managers and 
maybe it's maybe we need to, or maybe the, the black managers that are in the higher roles need to try and prove themselves, to, and then maybe that will open the doors for for the rest. Um, why do you, so. why do you think it's why do you think it's uh, such a problem? Not to the fact that the problem being that there's not enough black managers. Why do you think that that's we just don't have enough? Um, probably because of that reason. Maybe because black managers see that or probably feel that they're not going to be given the opportunity. So they probably feel that there's no just, point in trying to go for those for those roles if they're not going to get it anyway. You know, just lack of a. Uh... Just lack of uh, confidence, not in themselves, or just getting a job anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, okay, fair enough. So you think Vieri and Thierry Henry just got the jobs just because of their, not because of their ability, but because of their reputation, though, more than anything? Yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, they were both they were both really good players, and um, I think Vieri had been had been doing, um, wasn't he, was he managing them, the Man City reserves, or... Yeah, and uh, I think he went on to like New York or something yeah, like that. I'm not too yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was managing in America, and not sure how well he done. But um, Crystal Palace took a chance on him, and Crystal Palace is a, is a is a good club for him to go to. You know, it's somewhere that he can try and uh, get a, get a name for himself in terms of a manager, and and he seems to have started okay. Um, I was I was saw some stats the other day where it said that he'd he'd improved them from 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 last season. So yeah, we'll see how he goes. I think. The way the FA went about to try and get them more opportunities, mm. it was, I think they changed the way that clubs had to interview people yeah, for jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I personally think that's quite contradicting. I don't yeah, think that's right because I think no. it's like, oh, well, can you at least talk to them? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I, I it's a bit like, either. it was a bit like, oh, just just be nice. Just let him yeah. win one game or two. Yeah. But it was a bit. I just didn't. Did make me feel comfortable. How did it make you? How does it make you feel now? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't agree with it. I, th- I think it's called the Rooney Rule, and I think it's that um, a black manager has to be interviewed. Which it just, it just, it doesn't make sense. It's you. If you're the owner of a club, you should be able to interview who you want to interview. Not that you have to interview a black manager because black managers are not being given opportunities. That doesn't solve the problem. I feel like that's very anti-diverse. I think yeah. it's like, oh, wait, actually, it's not a black, there's not a black person on this list. Can we, uh, let's just pull one out of the hat and just, yeah. just get him down for the day and waste his time. Yeah, it's a bit degrading, to be honest. Um, but I guess it's, they're trying to solve a problem, but they've probably made it worse. Uh, yeah, let's move it on. Let's bring the mood up a bit. Talking of uh, defensive midfielders, I've seen you run around now. You're coming towards probably your end of your playing days, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. How are you? Moving how are you on. finding it? Well, yeah, I mean, we've only had uh, three games this season, and um, I've played in two. I was, I can't, I got injured during preseason, um, so I didn't play the first game, and then second game I came on uh, at right back. Um, and I thought I don't know. I don't thought I done okay. And um, and then yeah, on Saturday, uh, thought I played well. I got got man of the match. Got a couple of assists. So yeah, I was happy. Um, I felt fit. I've been I've been working out. So um, so yeah, I felt fit going into the game. And um, yeah, it looks like it paid off a bit. How massive is Sundays for you? Especially say like, God forbid, let's say you go out there Saturday, you lose seven nil, mm. but you know you got a game on Sunday. How big is that game for you on Sunday? I think I think regardless of the Saturday result, Sunday is big because like there's nothing like playing football. Like I just love it. Like everything about it, you know, it's just a buzz. Like just being on the pitch and 
you know, just doing what you love. It just it, it kind of kind of just makes you feel like a kid again. You know, you can yeah, just kind of definitely. forget about everything and just play. You know, and um, yeah, I, I really, I really, I really enjoy it. And um, yeah, it, it is it like it. Not that you want to forget about Saturday if things don't go well, but it kind of helps with that as well. You know. For me, it was always when we was at Sporting. If we'd lose, for me, it was. Oh, I need to get a game tomorrow because I need to, in my head I need to put this right. I can't yeah. end the week weekend badly. I can't end it on a bad result or some stuff like that. Yeah. But I think it's massive what you say. It's you do just forget for that hour, for that ninety minutes, for that half an hour, whatever you play, you do kind of just forget everything, and you're able to just yeah, it just helps your mental health going forward in life. Yeah, definitely. And you know what else? I think like obviously with with managing, there's you give you, there's so many different instructions you give. And when you go and play, it's like, okay, can I do what I'm asking my players to do? And obviously, it's a different level. The, the level that we're playing at on Saturdays is a lot higher than the level we're playing at on a Sunday. But I still like, kind of like, feel like I need to, because I play with some of the boys on a on a Sunday that play on a Saturday, and I can't be telling them to do certain things, and I can't do it myself, even though I'm I'm a bit older now, and I'm. I'm not. I'm not playing at their level, but I still the basics have to be there. Still, do you know what I mean? It's like I can't be saying pass the ball from here to there, and I can't do it myself. You know. Or, How do you find that going from managing them on a Saturday to being a teammate on a Sunday? Um, it's okay. I think. Like, I feel like players kind of know that. Like, I'm not. I'm not this manager who's like, um, who's like serious all the time. Like, I'm. I like to think that players can speak to me and I'm quite down to earth and stuff so I feel like I probably show my personality more on a Sunday than I do on a Saturday um, so yeah I think it's I think it's kind of easy Oh cool fair enough I don't know because thinking about myself personally I just probably couldn't do it I don't know I think I just put too much pressure on myself yeah. but anyway let's uh, let's move on How uh, how bad was COVID for you Will? Um, it, you know what, it wasn't, it wasn't too tough because, um, I did, I didn't, there wasn't, um, I, I still was, I was still working. So, cause obviously I'm, I'm in education. So we were, we were, we were one of the, the occupations that, that were kind of protected. So we were still working from home. Um, so that kept me busy. Uh, I kind of got into a routine of, of working out and, and that kind of kept me sane. Obviously, I had my my missus with me, so so that was really good. And um, I did put on weight, like <laughs> like most people did, because she just she just kept making cakes and cookies and stuff. Um, uh, but what what was tough was that obviously there was so many people that passed away, and there was a few people not really really close to me, but there was a few staff members that had passed away and. You know that, so that was that was quite tough. But um, yeah, so it was tough in in some respects, but um, in 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 other ways, it was it was nice to have the the break from from being from going into work every day. How was your uh, squad affected? Obviously, I know there was no football, but was there a few players that just never came back? Yeah, there was. There was there was a lot. Um, we literally had a completely different team before COVID. I actually remember the last game we played and. And from when when we came back, it was a, it was a struggle to get players to come back. Like I remember when football started back, and I thought, okay, everyone's going to be back, but it wasn't like that. Like 
you know, everyone was unfit. Um, a lot of people didn't want to play anymore. Um, so yeah, it was a big struggle and um, had to try and re- had to try and recruit new players, etc. And yeah. Um, yeah, tough times, tough times. Yeah, well, tough times make tough people. But yeah, definitely. Will, I promised you twenty minutes. We've just gone over that mark, cool. so uh, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. But I always end every interview with the same question: What does grassroots football mean to you? Uh, in a nutshell, um, everything is like I've obviously I've played I've played semi-professional and and stuff, but grassroots is is where it starts for everyone, isn't it? It's like you know, playing for your local team or, you know, playing for your school, or, you know, and, and it's what, it's what I started my, my coaching or managing career in. And, um, and those were probably some of the best times, you know, like, um, when I started up my, um, my, my kids team, uh, we, we done really well. Um, like we won, I think we won two leagues. I think we won a cup, um, even with the district football, uh, you play against all the, the different boroughs and we've won my my different teams have won the Essex Cup about five times. Um so yeah, it's 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 so good and it's and it's good memories and when you see players go on from from you coaching them as a kid and they go on to be professionals and stuff, it's it's really rewarding. Um so yeah, it mean, it means a lot, man. Brilliant stuff, mate. Brilliant. Well guys we're coming towards the end of the episode. That is the end for Series 2. I will be back with a recap in the next few days. i say next few days. It'll probably just be a little bonus episode. So we'll so we say Episode 9. That's if I let Anise come back on after the, uh, the show we had put on. If you haven't gone back and listened to that Episode 7, please do. And then send some abuse Anise's way for messing up the interview. But, Will, thanks so much for coming on. No worries, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. No worries, Will. Take care. Cheers, man. See you soon. Free.